Hello and welcome to K-Botter, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas, with me, John. This is the first of a new sub-series of episodes I'll be doing probably every two weeks, my K-drama catch-up. I got into Korean TV series because of limited series like Kingdom and DP, particularly on Netflix. I'm slightly newer to the traditional weekly dramas that air two episodes a week on channels like OCN and are syndicated on various streaming services throughout uh, Asia and the world, and I'll be checking some of them out. I'll be giving my thoughts and impressions. Uh, As a note, although both the series I am covering today are current, I will probably dip into older stuff too as the weeks go on. So this episode, we're going to be talking about Jiri-san and Reflection of You. So firstly, Jiri-san is a series I had been looking forward to for about a month or more. Uh, It is streaming here in Southeast Asia on ICHE. It is written by Kim Yun-hee, who wrote Kingdom, and directed by Lee Yung-bok, who uh, is known for directing Descendants of the Sun, uh, which was very popular with a lot of people here in Singapore. It was huge when it came out that year. Um, He also directed Mr. Sunshine, which I'm about halfway through at the moment. Uh, It's a Lee Byung-hun and Kim Tae-ree starring period drama. Uh, It's got a lot going for it. Um, And he directed Sweet Home, which uh, we will be covering on the podcast next week. Uh, Fantastic horror show, which you can find on Netflix. The leads are Jun Ji-hun, or Jiana Jun, as uh, she's often known, uh, and Ju Ji-hun. They're actually reuniting from Kingdom, or that's how it's been sold. Uh, I don't know if they actually have a scene together in Kingdom. Um, They're kind of uh, uh, both featured at the end of Season 2, but I don't know if they really come face-to-face, but they certainly have a lot of screen time here. They play Mountain Park Rangers in Jirisan National Park, which is a real location where the show was filmed. Uh, It is at the southern end of a series of mountain ridges that run down the Korean peninsula. Um, I've been reading about it. It is apparently biodiverse, uh, which you can see from the show. It has a lot of legends and history. There's a lot of Buddhist uh, temples there, um, and uh, hence pilgrimages. Um, There's also a lot of history there. So after the Korean War, apparently a number of North Koreans remained on Mount Jiri, fighting guerrilla warfare until 1955. So it's a pretty evocative and interesting uh, setting, not to mention um, absolutely stunning. The on-location photography and scenery is absolutely jaw-dropping. South Korea is obviously uh, an extremely beautiful country. Uh, The forests and mountains and valleys that you see in this are uh, worth uh, the the time that you'll spend with this show on their own, almost. it's uh, yeah, all, always uh, really jaw-dropping and really gorgeous whenever the camera is panning across these uh, uh, foothills and uh, forested areas um, of this parkland. Um, and it seems that Kim Yun-hee is drawn to projects where she can show off the natural beauty of Korea because Kingdom, apart from its uh, hordes of zombies and its um, political intrigue, uh, did feature uh, really stunning shots of the countryside as well. This also has likeable lead performances. You 
clearly can't go far wrong uh, with Junji Hoon and Juju Hu. They're both on top form here, I think. Um, Jiana Jun's character especially is kind of the the badass senior ranger. She knows everything about the mountain. She's been going up there her whole life. Um, she uh, practically lives on it and at, at the base camp knows the whole place. Juju Hu um, comes uh, across very... Uh, uh, very likeable as well, but also has some secrets that he's harbouring, um, and that is part of what uh, is unveiled as uh, as the show starts to uh, starts to unravel. Um, the music is often good. Uh, I particularly like the intro music. Sounds like Nightwish or uh, one of those uh, one of those bands. There's a lot of energetic rock tracks that kind of underscore the action and, and daring do throughout this. Um, some people have said that. Uh, it uh, doesn't really fit. Uh, I think that these kind of upbeat, um, slightly dorky uh, rock riffs kicking off when they're setting off up the mountain to rescue someone is actually quite uh, um, quite a nice accompaniment. Um, and the first episode in particular is a brilliant self-contained adventure um, and uh, rescue mission. It uh, would have made a good film. I think throughout the uh, throughout the series. There's always tons happening. Uh, throughout what I've seen so far, there's four episodes out. Um, it's really fast-paced. There's always uh, a lot happening. There doesn't seem to be a lot of fluff. Uh, if anything, they're cramming um, a, a lot of plot in, which we'll get onto. Um, but that first episode really put the, the show's best foot forward. Um, and any time they're setting out across the mountain or tracking someone... Um, and uh, looking for some kind of lost hiker, uh, I think it's really enjoyable. It generally has a pretty upbeat, buoyant vibe, um, and there's a big twist at the end of episode one that's really intriguing. Um, And so from this point on, spoilers for the episodes of Jiri-san that are currently available, uh, somehow they kept out of the marketing that uh, Jenna Jun's character is in a wheelchair uh, in the contemporary year or, or in 2020 at least um, and Juju whose character is uh, in a coma um, and one of the key mysteries of the show is what happened there seems to have been some kind of a, an, an incident um, and then some of the younger characters and rangers like Gomen C's character uh, who's returning to a Lee Young book project from uh, Sweet Home uh, are uh, kind of taking up the uh, taking up the flag and going up the mountain um, so, yeah, that was uh, really unexpected, especially because a lot of the marketing focused around um, these uh, two characters going up the mountain. You still get a lot of that because it flashes back to 2018 quite a lot, um, and presumably 2019 as well, um, as it unpacks the you know this this kind of uh, mystery that's happened. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's set up a lot of threads. To unravel, there are some negatives uh, with the show as well. Um, I think that although it is beautiful to look at, some of the zooming, panning camera work is really distracting. I'm not sure why this choice has been made uh, to be constantly flying around, zooming in on things, uh, and then over to something else. Uh, some of the uh, spooks. Uh, there's a supernatural element to this show, by the way. Um, it turns out, uh, firstly, that uh, Juju Hu uh, can uh, see 
what's going to happen to people who go up the mountain. He can uh, get a vision of when someone's going to be hurt. And then when he's in the coma, he is uh, kind of astral projecting or, or projecting as a grim reaper or ghost onto the mountain, um, leaving signs so that they can uh, rescue people. Um, and these elements, are, I feel, would be um, striking and spooky enough on their own, but there's a lot of sudden um, colour saturation and camera zooming around that makes it feel cheaper than I think perhaps they were going to. This is a very expensive show to make. I think it cost about $27 million. Um, so I don't understand that unless they just had... I think they shut down production at one point because of COVID. So unless they didn't have as much time in post-production as, as they wanted. Um, but yeah, just on some of those supernatural uh, elements, it's a strange setup. It seems to leap from one idea to another, um, which I was surprised. So compared to the other project that I know from Kimmy and He, uh, mm-hmm. she uh, obviously, based on Kingdom, it, it can be masterful at establishing and escalating stakes um, at maintaining high levels of tension, um, at uh, pacing, uh, at least in terms of the plot, and at introducing more and more complex elements in, in Kingdom. It's the politics and the Game of Thrones. Um, but uh, this feels a bit all over the place at the moment, and maybe it's because it's going to be 16 episodes instead of the, the six that they have per season for Kingdom. Um, but then even compared to Mr. Sunshine, um, another Lee Yoon-bok project. Um, That has a simple but very effective establishment of narrative that they then ride for up to episode 8. And they pretty much just kind of coast with with this cast of characters and the narrative that they've established um, quite well. So, yeah, this is... uh, this can be at times confusing. Is it a murder mystery, a ghost story? Is it a, a mountaineering adventure? If it's all three, it's um, you know clanking together a bit at the moment. Um, I uh, will we'll definitely dip in and out of this. It is in, enjoyable to watch. Um, I definitely recommend that you check it out and see what you think. Um, but just a few caveats, uh, I think. It'll be interesting to see as the week goes on what the real focus of the show is. Um, but that's Durasan. So the other thing I've been watching is Reflection of You, and this is a show that does know what it wants to be, and clearly establishes it while having a a huge mystery at its heart. I've seen it described as a a mellow thriller, M-E-L-O thriller, um, like a melodramatic thriller, but it's also pretty mellow. It's based on a novel by Jung So-hyun, who is not a novelist that I'm familiar with, um, but uh, I like the idea that they've got uh, some some literary source material for this. It's written for the show by Yu Bara. It is directed by Lim Hon Wook. Um, I am not familiar with um, with some of these names really, but I think it's excellent across the board. Um, you've got as leads Go Hun Jung as Hee Ju, um, Shin Hyun Bin as Hae Won, Kim Jae Young as Woo Jae, and Choi Won Young as Han Sung. Um, so this is partly shot in Ireland and partly in kind of well-heeled neighbourhoods of uh, urban South Korea and the various hospitals and schools that are run by the Taedrim Corporation, uh, which is uh, the corporation run by Hong Song's family uh, that Heeju has married into. 
Um, this is a moody, quite eerie drama about basically two women who are on a collision course with one another. Um, so Hiju is married into this wealthy family um, from an ordinary background. Um, the husband clearly loves her, but the mother-in-law is vile to her on a daily basis. Um, just critical, overbearing, horrible, generally repulsive. Uh, Hiju uh, sends her kids to a tailoring school um, she uh, clearly loves her kids and is really affectionate towards them but you see particularly in the first few episodes that she's constantly stumbling in some of her interactions with them her daughter is quite problematic and, and acts out a lot and the son is basically being stolen by the mother-in-law um, has very little relationship with with his own mother um, and basically the mother-in-law's spoils him, buys him burgers all the time and uh, ice cream and um, promises to take him on holiday and, and things like this um, because she's got effectively infinite money um, and is clearly not really in, invested in the child's uh, actual health and the, the way um, that uh, perhaps the, the parent would be. Um, so she lives a, a privileged uh, but complicated life. Um, and the events of this show starts when an art teacher assaults her daughter. Um, the teacher is um, suspended, and it turns out that this is someone from Hiju's past. Uh, this is Kuhei Wan. I've watched this up through episode six, um, which is everything that's out as of the time of recording. There'll be a couple more episodes out, uh, or one more out when this goes live. Um, and through various confrontations, it basically transpires that Heiwon was the person who taught Hiju, uh, who is now a successful artist who exhibits at posh galleries, how to paint. Um, she also introduced her um, to her boyfriend at the time, Ujay, uh, who, and much like with Jiri-san, from now on, spoilers for the episodes that are available, uh, Hiju promptly became besotted with Ujay, and the two of them moved to Ireland together. Uh, Hiju temporarily abandoned her, her luxurious but toxic and very controlled life. Um, and at the start of the series, um, what you see is that the husband, Hansong, has been treating a comatose patient at a hospital, on, hospital in Ireland uh, and flies back uh, to South Korea when the daughter is assaulted by Haewon. Turns out a few episodes in, this patient was Ujay. And Haewon went to discharge him uh, at some point after the events of the first episode when Han Song left. Um, this uh, obviously establishes a number of very complicated uh, relationships and tensions between the key characters, which I think is quite well done. Um, there are reasons for each of these characters to have uh, questions about each of the others um, and for their interactions to be actually increasingly um, tense, even confrontational um, in some uh, in some cases. Um, based on Hong Song's reaction, coming face to face with Ujay, I think maybe he was poisoning him. I think he knew about the affair uh, with Hiju. Maybe he was trying to keep him out of the picture. Um, he has, Hong Song has also been confronted by Haewon uh, at a bar she, uh, she frequents. Um, because he is in the process of uh, potentially ruining her career. Um, Heiwon is, is an ordinary woman. She's a teacher. 
um, she is unable to stand up to uh, the might of something like the Taylor Corporation, which basically seems to to run this neighbourhood, um, to run the uh, the school. It's it changed the school into an art school because the uh, daughter Hiju's daughter couldn't do anything else, um, and uh, so they're able to to just control people's lives and control what happens around them on a, on a whim. Um, meanwhile, Hiju and uh, Heiwon are bumping into each other at various points. Uh, they were once friends, one once taught the other, um, but now uh, there is a considerable amount of uh, tension and bitterness between them, uh, which simmers and boils up more and more as the show goes on, um, obviously. Awan um, has done uh, a terrible thing. She's uh, uh, she's hurt Hiju's daughter. Hiju um, at one point stole Awan's husband. Um, so these two women have uh, many reasons to uh, uh, to confront one another, and they keep running into one another so that this can happen. Um, and at the same time, Wuje has lost his memories, um, and as fragments of his memory come back to him. Uh, it starts to cause more and more problems, um, and obviously he, he is a bit of a ticking time bomb now. Hiju is uh, dreading him uh, remembering what happened, because there, there is something there, something uh, dark and perhaps violent has happened. At the beginning of the show, uh, you see some imagery of blood splattered across a painting, possibly one of Hiju's paintings. Um, there's some crime and, and some violence at the heart of this mystery and uh, I really want to know what is going to happen um, I mean I'm hooked with this show the visuals are absolutely splendid from the poster which was really arresting and helped sell me on the show uh, to the amazing scenes in Ireland which I mean they, they make absolutely brilliant use of this as a location um, there's artistic framing of many of the shots uh, not just for when they're outside in, in these incredible uh, natural environments but also when they're inside there there's there's lots of really nice scenes in Hiju's workshop um, there's a lot of brush painting it uses all of the art uh, as as a motif really well um, whether you're in the galleries um, or you're just seeing uh, various uh, paint brushes and scrolls and canvases and things like this um, there's an inherent beauty to all of those things and I think it's very clever for this show to use them so prominently music is good um, there's a, a few very melancholy but you know pretty decent tracks uh, that have come out associated with this and the incidental music is, is good too the acting is top quality especially from Go Hun Jung and, and Shin Hun Bin um, she uh, Hun Jung uh, Go communicates so much affection to her kids but also shows how strained her personal relationships are um, and I really like seeing uh, a 50-year-old female lead in a, a high-budget TV series like this. It doesn't happen a lot, um, but there's so much that um, a 50-year-old woman can draw on um, for these dramatic moments and affectionate moments and uh, that you wouldn't get from, from a younger person. Um, and I think she's, she's brilliantly deployed here. Shin Hun Bin, uh, she's 35, she's been in Hospital Playlist, which I have not seen. She's a perfect casting for a kind of mysterious stranger figure. She's got this long flowing hair, this uh, ever-present green coat. Um, the imagery around her is really strong. 
Um, she presented initially almost like some kind of ghost or something supernatural as she flits back into Hiju's life. She seems to manifest uh, ra- rather than appear naturally. She she materializes early on. Suddenly she's at the door, um, which I think is a good either a red herring or, or who knows. Um, and also her mercurial interactions with people. Um, Kim Sang-ho is in this. He plays a bartender. Um, so uh, always happy to see him. And also Kim Suan, the, the tiny girl from Train to Busan, is in this as Heiju's daughter, showing, I think, very impressive acting prowess as a, a very different character, like I say, a problematic, quite bratty, quite aggressive uh, child who obviously everyone when they're at this stage in their life has hormones roaring around in their body and and so much to deal with she's also from this really privileged background um, and she has this strained relationship with her mum and uh, yeah so clearly a a young uh, actor who's who's very good Um, negatives a, a few I mean it is slow in parts especially the middle of the episodes based on the source material they had perhaps this could have been a 10 episode um, but that's what the playback the speed controls on Netflix are for. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I put it back on uh, normal speed for the uh, for the, the good bits. Um, another thing, if, if this uh, rich family, this Tayrim family, especially the matriarch, doesn't get some kind of comeuppance, I'm going to riot um, because they are horrendous, uh, especially her. Um, just under the surface of this show, uh, there is a lot of social tension, like you see in plenty of uh, South Korean media, uh, like the fact that Heju is is a success. She's a, a success in the art world, and people buy her paintings, um, and she's making even more money on on top of a, a life that is already very uh, uh, very luxurious because she can spend all her time and effort on uh, on her painting. Her life is paid for. She said she could sit at home and do nothing. Um, but she's able to turn a hobby into uh, a, a source of uh, income and uh, a, a personal note of success. Heywon literally taught her, knows more, has nothing to show for it because she has to work to support herself. So there's a pretty clear distinction between the, the situations these two women are in, and I'm interested to see what they do with that as the show goes on. Um, it's really, I've gone back onto positives. There's not a lot of negatives about this show for me yet. Um, I I just keep going back to it, keep watching it. I really uh, I really enjoy it. Um, episode six showed I thought really well how the antagonist figure in the show is switching all the time between the two women. It keeps you guessing what's going to happen. Um, this was described as a as a revenge drama. Um, we uh, we love revenge dramas, revenge thrillers, and movies, obviously, um, and. Uh, in most good revenge stories, the, the revenge is already happening. It's already uh, ticking and things are falling into place. So who's going to get revenge on who and, and for what here? Um, and it's kind of uh, playing you all the time, showing you different women as the as the ta- antagonist out of the two. In episode six, Hiju is literally seen choosing which block of flats to have leveled for her gallery, which is very unsympathetic. Uh, she violently attacks Heiwon later in the episode. But then Heiwon is seen drugging Wuje um, because she's panicking because he's starting to remember more and more of his life, more of his life with Heiju, which until now she didn't seem to know about. So at the moment, they're both pretty un- unsympathetic, actually. Um, so I don't know how they're going to come back from this. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I'm extremely interested. Um, I found out uh, when I was just reading around the show, the original Korean um, translates directly to not reflection of you, but someone who looks like you. And I'm wondering, are these even the people we think they are? Because reflection of you, I was thinking, oh, there's a reflection between these, these two people, these two women, the different aspects of their life and uh, how they've been brought together by, by art um, and the relationships that have cascaded from this. But someone who looks like you, that could be something even more mysterious. So let's see. Um, I most likely will keep up with this. I, I can't seem to help myself from just putting it on when, when it gets updated. Uh, I think if you are interested in uh, a mature drama um, with uh, pretty rich uh, characters, um, rich as in richly drawn, but also in most cases quite quite well uh, uh, well appointed as well. Um, although that's not the the appealing factor for me, but good characters, uh, impeccable kind of visuals and, and aesthetic, really, um, I can recommend it. Um, it's a good mystery. So that's reflection of you. That's it for the first episode of the K-Drama Catch-Up. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Um, if you'd like me to do more of these, um, you can also send in uh, questions uh, if you like. If you have questions about any of these shows or uh, any recommendations, um, comments, let me know what you thought of these. I'd love to know what people think of Reflection of You and, and how it's going on. Um, if you've read the novel, please don't write in and tell me what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you can follow the show uh, and uh, chat to me on at kbotakpod, that's K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets, comments, shares, all much appreciated. Would love to talk to you there. And best of all, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. I'll read the reviews out on the podcast. So thank you for listening and see you next time. Cheers.